What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This week, we have a Monday rundown on a Tuesday, jam-packed week of sports. Sean and I jumped right in. We talked NFL first. Following that, we talked NBA. Then we talked a little MLB. Baseball's right around the corner. Talked golf for about two seconds, and then we broke down our brackets. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com, and enjoy the pod. We will talk to you guys next week. and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Loaded pod today, dude. Uh, we're in that sweet spot of the sports calendar. How you doing? Good, man. Monday rundown on a Tuesday. We're getting pretty consistent with our weeklies. Um, yeah, I'm, just, I'm excited to talk sports. Uh, feeling a little giddy about college basketball for the first time in a long time. Um, yeah, I haven't really cared this year. I hate to say it. We basically admitted that, though, when we were talking mm-hmm. about it last week. You Absolutely. Know? So, it, yeah. But we're it's in. fine, though. I know. Yeah, enough. we're in, and I, re- I really thought the col- I really thought the conference tournaments like really brought that juice back. I was wondering what it was going to be like with very few fans in some venues, no fans in others. But the, the the quality of play was fucking awesome. I'm definitely ready. Yeah, man. I. I can't wait, and I'm glad they pushed it, uh, for all those who are listening, I'm glad they pushed it to the Friday this year so that we have more basketball to enjoy on a Saturday. I think it's the right move. Yeah, and you get to start next week off with eight games. Yeah. I mean, that's that's great. And on Thursday, we'll still have the play-in games, which is honestly better. I think it's better to have, what is it, all four of the games in one day than to have to wait the two. Yeah, and you know what? I always thought it was kind of stupid because you're going to get the day off anyway in between heading into the next games. But in the conference tournaments, you play the next day. So why can't you do that starting March Madness? Yeah, I mean, and the conference tournaments have had some legendary games, including your Kemba, where he played, I think, uh, five straight games and then hit that step back to win the conference tournament, catapulting them to a natty. Yeah, man, that was the five, the famous five game, five wins in five days. That was the pit game. They still had to then beat Syracuse and uh, Louisville that year, but it was crazy. I mean, that, I like that. I I don't think that they need a couple days off here and there. Play all four in the same night and give us a give us four straight games, and then the the real dance starts Friday. Yeah, uh, especially if you're in a playing game, you're probably not one of the top, you know, seven seeds. So. What what do we have to what do we have to uh, you know do for you basically? Well, why do we have to pander to you? I'm in complete agreement with you. I always thought it was dumb because you have the two two of those playing games are sixteen to sixteen to see who's going to play a one. All right, like in, in previous years, you those first four games were in Dayton. Then you got to fly to the site that your game's at just to lose by 50 unless you're UMBC and then go home. And it's just like, get it, get it over with in the span of 24 hours. Yeah. 100%. All right. You ready to jump in? We're not even talking college basketball first. We're going to talk NFL first with the, uh, leading off with the Drew Brees retirement. Yeah, man, we got, 
we got to save college basketball for last, I think. And with all the NFL news trickling down, starting with the Drew Brees uh, retirement, I really thought he was going to retire. It made the most sense. There were so many tea leaves to look at as the season was going on. And once they lost to Tampa, I thought it was pretty much inevitable. I was wondering what was taking so long, but um, he's finally retired. Were, were you surprised by the news or did you expect it? No, it was expected from, from my side as well. Um, I mean, I don't know where we rank him in the legacy. Obviously, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, incredible career. Uh, not the most talented guy, but he definitely got the most out of his talent. Um, obviously, playing five years with the Chargers, then having that injury that, you know, a lot of players wouldn't have come back from that. It would have ended their career and then moving down to New Orleans, winning a Super Bowl with them. Um, and putting up some gaudy numbers. Uh, obviously, he is number one in passing, number two in touchdowns. He finishes off his career with that. Um, I don't think that'll stand. Tom Brady will probably pass him next year, but still, one of the all-time greats. Couldn't agree more. Um, I think his legacy, let me first read off some of those stats that you mentioned. He won 172 games starting 287. He had a 67.7% completion percentage. Finished with over 80,000 yards passing, 571 touchdowns in that Super Bowl you spoke about that I think had so much impact on the league, but especially that franchise. I mean, you think of New Orleans, they were the fan base that had the bags over their heads. They were the Aints. They were the Ricky Williams trade and the Archie Manning horrible years and it, it was it was a place that that you know players' careers went to die, and for him to go there when he did after Katrina, be a part of a few really good teams when they got back to the Superdome, culminating in a championship in '09, beating Peyton Manning. I think his legacy is going to be really. I know he started with the Chargers, had five good years there, but can you think of a quarterback outside of the obvious ones that's more? synonymous with a single franchise because I don't think of the Saints as anything other than Drew Brees and vice versa. No, not at all. I completely agree with you there. I wouldn't put him in the same conversation with your Montana and your Brady and your Peyton Manning. I put him right below that just because um, there was some, some lean years, some missed playoff years. There was some compiling of stats and he never won an MVP, but still an all-time great. I put him right below that tier. He'll probably go in there with Favre and maybe Aaron Rodgers, although I think Rodgers might be able to elevate to the next tier. Um, I put him in there with like Favre, Bradshaw, those type of quarterbacks. Me too, because you, you also have to think about and put into context what that franchise was before he got there. And you know Archie Manning is a Hall of Famer, but – he was known for being the steady, the you know the the rock on a on a really bad team. It's not like he ever took that team to a couple playoff runs and and then they had some lean years. That team, they were the joke of the NFL, much like the Pats were. Even though the Pats had gone to two Super Bowls, you know, isolated, um, the Steelers were nothing before Bradshaw. I just think the impact he had on that team and. It, the Saints are Breeze, and Breeze is the Saints. I'm fascinated to see where they go from here because obviously he helped set up a really what we consider one of the premier organizations in the NFL now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We're talking um, 
We're talking free agency news. Taysom Hill signed a big deal, but it was non-guaranteed. He can be cut each year. It was more just to move cap space around. Jameis also re-signed a one-year $12 million deal. Um, Honestly, I think it's going to come down to one of those two just because I know that they're one of the most cap-strapped teams in the NFL, so I think Jameis is going to be their starter. And you know how I have my finger on the pulse there because I know when, when Taysom Hill is going to start as well. Oh, obviously. Yeah, no, you're you're right there. You're basically in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you're a little salty right now because you said he would never start a game, and I think he started three in a row. Um, but and played think, well, too. I think, yeah, I think they went 2-1 and one or maybe 3-0, and oh, but I think Jameis is going to get the start. I feel, like, I feel like that, too, because why else would you bring him back, right? I mean, it's not that he's a definite backup. I can see, too, with Sean Payton being the innovative offensive mind that he is and likes to get a little little quirky with his, with his offense. I can see them having a lot of dueling banjos at quarterback there with a couple more traditional sets and packages run for Winston and then some more of those gimmicky trick plays and exotic packages run with Taysom Hill. Absolutely. So you ready to dive into uh, free agency news leading off with the New England Patriots? Of course. A lot of action. Um, Heard a stat today on Ryan Rosillo's podcast that over the last 10 years, Bill Belichick spent around $350 million in free agency. And I think within 12, definitely 24, but 12 hours, he spent $172 million. (laughs) <laughs> he uh, he didn't just open up the purse strings. He dumped all the money out of it. Um, honestly, I love what the Patriots are doing. You know I hate the Patriots, but they have really revamped. They've got their tight ends now. I think it's all but inevitable that the Chargers are going to draft Kyle Pitts at this point because they let Hunter Henry walk. Um, I think he is a, he's just a white tight end. I mean, it shouts Patriots, right? And he's, yeah, the white tight end for sure. And then to go more Patriots, they also bring in uh, Johnny Smith. So now they got, they're going to try to work that dueling tight end action. That I thought you were going to go with the tight- dueling banjos again. And then I was going to say, no, but we're not going to go battle no, test no, here. You're only allowed to no, have one line. No, no, yeah, one line. No, these are the dueling tight ends because one's going to be used more so in the blocking scheme and one's going to be used more so as the more wide receiver. But the other thing is, is that they both can go catch the football. And you saw, I'm sure that picture of Hunter Henry hugging Belichick after their game this past year felt inevitable. I mean, how can you not respect what the Pats are doing here, man? I mean, it's, it it just put the, just put last year in in the backseat because they're, they're relocked and reloaded. For sure. I mean, you go out and you get a pass rusher, you get a guy to clog up the middle, you get a cornerback, and then not to mention, let's keep in mind, they have Hightower and Chung probably coming back next year. And then they re-sign Cam to a very team-friendly deal as well. They throw some weapons around them. I could see them in the hunt with the Bills and hopefully the Jets this year and the Dolphins. This is going to be a tough division. I think it is, and... I want to talk a little bit more about some of the other signings that they made, but we got to talk Cam here. Were you surprised to see them bring him back? I want to say this. It's a $13.6 million deal, but there's $6 million in incentives in that thing. So were you surprised to see that them bring him back so early in the process? 
No, I think I think it was a good marriage because I think Cam knew that he wasn't going to have that much out there and that the Patriots wanted to spend money at other positions. Uh, maybe if Cam can get healthy, I don't know what healthy is for Cam at this point. Belichick clearly liked him. He was well-liked in the clubhouse or the locker room, whatever you want to call it. And at the end of the day, like you said, $6 million in bar quotes incentives. So it's a $6 million deal. Yeah, I thought it was a really good move for them and for him because what I thought was very important that was being glossed over last year, I thought a little bit, especially towards the end of the season when their playoff hopes were vanishing, was they never put Jared Stidham in. And Cam continued to get reps and continued to get run, even when he looked pretty much shot. And I think Belichick really respected and appreciated what Cam was in that locker room and on the field and acknowledging that the rest of the talent really wasn't that good. So he kind of earned an opportunity to come back to a team that's going to be revamped and a lot more talented and show show me what you can do. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's a perfect marriage for the next season. Um, the Patriots are obviously still in search of their quarterback for the future. Um, does this mean Jimmy G is staying in San Fran? I don't know. Um, but a lot of quarterback questions have been answered moving down the line in free agency. Uh, earlier today, we had Andy Dalton signed with the Chicago Bears. Um, I mean, Bears fans must really want to jump off a bridge at this point. Oh, God. So, so and let me get a, this Dalton is a fine quarterback, by the way, but... It's definitely not the out of Watson, Wilson, even Sam Darnold. It's not the name you wanted to hear as a Bears fan. Well, Adam Schefter reported that they were really aggressive in pursuit of Wilson, but Seattle was just saying we're not trading him right now. So at that point, you got to pivot, and the mark free agent market's obviously not very good. So right now, let me get this straight: their quarterback room is Andy Dalton, Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles, right? Isn't Trubisky, did they deny the tag on him? I thought that they picked up his option. I think he's still on the roster. That's a lot Check of money for that's a lot of money for three quarterbacks that you I mean, you know the old adage, you know, if you have if you have multiple quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback, right? Totally, yeah. I mean uh, I, I don't know. I it's bad. It's bad. I mean you talk about Breeze in, in New Orleans saving that franchise and being the quarterback that you think of for them. I mean, who is the quarterback you think of with the Bears? It's got to be McMahon because yeah. there's nobody else. And he wasn't even that great. They just had that great year with that defense. I mean, you're going through Rex Grossman taking you to a Super Bowl. You had the Jay, Jay Cutler, Cutler years. <laughs> Jay Cutler is <laughs> their most talented quarterback I think they've ever had. That yeah, I would argue. Have, no, I can't. Talent because talent is the is the thing, right? We're not talking about the best. It's the most talented quarterback. Well, it says here. It says here if, um, for this is this is regarding Washington, Chicago Bears quarterback Mitchell Trubisky, a former free a former first round pick who is set to hit free agency on Wednesday. So I don't believe he's on the Bears. So one less quarterback okay. to worry about. All right, thanks for picking that up. Yeah, because that that did kind of make me curious. Like, 
because if Trubisky is still there, you gotta you gotta keep him on the roster and you gotta play him unless you can move him. But I guess if he's not there, then you're looking for a stopgap because they're not bad enough to be drafting one of the better quarterbacks in this draft. No, not at all. Um, yeah, it, it's a shame. It, it really is. But I think they're gonna be rolling forward with Dalton because Foles looked all but done. Yeah, no, he's shot unless he's. Going back to Philly, you don't want any piece of him <laughs> if you're a team. Um, want to keep going down the list? We have to. Why right, give me another name? All right, so let's stick with the quarterbacks. Jacoby Brissett goes to Miami. Fitzpatrick goes to Washington. A couple veteran moves there. I, I wonder. I really want to know what Miami's thought process is because we've heard them in on Deshaun. Okay, you bring in Brissett. He reminds me a lot of one of those guys that is in that hybrid role. He kind of reminds me of Jameis, where, yeah, he can back up for you, but he's a more than capable starter, in my opinion. And I want to know how tr- how much trust they have in Tua. Exactly. You know? That that was going to be exactly my point for both Washington as well as Miami in these situations. Um, these quarterbacks, you're not paying them too much money, and you feel okay. You feel like you can win a game with them starting. And that's honestly kind of what you want to have in your backup where, you know, God forbid your starter, Tua, who you're trying to figure out whether or not he is your starter, gets hurt or continues to lay lay an egg like he did in the second half of the season. You feel comfortable starting Jacoby Brissett. And the same thing with Washington. If you roll in with him, uh, with Fitzpatrick as your starting quarterback, you feel like you can win games with that defense and those, and those offensive parts around him. But again... You don't really feel like you're that attached to him where you have to name him your starter and you can continue to look for other options elsewhere. They're both stopgaps. That's like the perfect uh, the perfect nickname for them. Yeah, it is. And uh, also another one, Tyrod Taylor uh, went to Houston. Um, Looks so... like they have their starter for the year. Who uh, <laughs> Tyrod Taylor seems to just set up other players. For, for success after. When you look at Herbert, you look at, um, what's his name, Josh Allen. Baker. Baker. It seems like, I don't know, maybe maybe they know something we don't know, and they're going to be in line to, to, scoop a, to scoop his successor. Maybe it's yeah, the well, Jets' number two overall pick, and it's Justin Fields or one of the oh other guys. Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> you never, you never I see know. the writing I, on the wall, buddy. Uh, yeah, I know you do, and... You're trying to, yeah, you're trying to crack that code, man. I think everybody in the NFL is with Watson, but I mean, you think of Taylor, if he is playing too well, you know, you're going to need your team doctor to, to do something to him to make sure he doesn't play uh, for your oh, young players. Oof. So, so bad that I still can't get over that story. Um, fucking chargers, but they got Herbert out of it. And uh, there was probably a little chicanery going on there, but um, yeah. So obviously veteran quarterbacks who are not, there's their stopgap. I hate to keep saying it, but that's exactly what they are. Um, I'm fascinated to see the Miami situation play out because I think there's a lot of different scenarios that can happen with their quarterback room before the start of the season. Yeah, we're just. I don't think anything's solidified. No, not at all. And we're just going to have to wait and see. I think they're fine rolling Brissett out regardless of who their starter is as their backup. Um, and maybe they move on from Tua, or maybe I think Tua honestly was playing hurt last year, compromised, and I think he's. I mean, just watching the tape, that wasn't that wasn't the Tua I saw at Alabama. 
No, no. And and that they also didn't have the best weapons around them. Um, and that was clearly Flores saying we're going to win because of our defense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Who else we got? So just going back to the Pats here real fast. They also bring in Matthew Judon. They bring in Nelson Aguilar. I mentioned Jonu Smith, Jalen Mills. I mean, are there names in that grouping for you? We said uh, Hunter Henry. Are there names in that group for you that stand out to you more so than others as far as, wow, I can't believe they were able to get him too, and maybe a certain destination is going to be a little bitter about not getting him? I mean, I really like Judon. I I, I mean, he's he's, would you call him premier? Yeah, I think you have to with his production. I mean, he he's can definitely put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, he's and he's a guy who's a disruptor too, and especially with a couple of those names that you mentioned before coming back after opting out for COVID reasons. That defense is we got to remember how great that defense was in 2019. It definitely propped up that anemic offense and got them to the playoffs. No doubt about it. I like Mills as well. He brings a little bit of swagger to the team, and he's a decent cornerback. Really don't understand why the Eagles let him go. I guess they're in a hell of a lot of cap trouble, so maybe they didn't have a choice. He seemed to be their best DB. But, I mean, on the other side of it, you're looking at the Ravens, and they lose a they lose a pass rusher to, to Oakland, and they lose this guy to, to – um, to New England, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I know they can just recycle guys. It seems like every year, um, in in Baltimore in the draft and through free agency. So we're going to have to see how they can rebuild their defense. As bringing it back to the Patriots, I like every move they made. Uh, I really do, me, and I think that they're going to be ten and three. Is I mean nine nine and four is their is their floor for me. Especially with the well, guy only, running the show. That's only thir- that's only thirteen games. I'm sorry. What's my math here? <laughs> nine and seven. Nine, nine and seven. Excuse me. Is there? Is there four? Let's hope it's not only thirteen games after they got through the <laughs> yeah. worst of COVID. Um, I know. But with with the guy they got still running the show, I think he's got a lot to prove, especially after his his baby boy Tom Brady went and won a Super Bowl somewhere else. I think this is a playoff team for sure. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I think that they haven't division even done might... the draft yet. No, I think that division might cannibalize each other a little bit, which will be hard. But if there is a 17th game and expanded playoffs, um, then, you know, you can look forward to maybe another opportunity. Sticking with Baltimore real fast. They brought in Kevin Zeitler after he was cut by the Giants to play offensive guard. He's a right guard. It was probably the Giants' best O-lineman this past year, but the Giants decided they want to go young. And they brought Nate Solder back. Um, so Kevin Zeitler goes to three to Baltimore. I told you they deal. were going to bring for, Solder back. You did, but look for Baltimore to trade Orlando Brown. I think that's going to be a, one of their next big moves, and I'm excited to see which of what team who needs maybe your New York Jets in terms of offensive line help. I mean, Orlando Brown's about as good as it gets at the front there. Absolutely, I, I would love to see the Jets go and get a guy like him. I mean, even Trent. What's Trent? Is it Trent Williams or Trent? Ah, uh, Trent Williams. Trent. Trent Williams went to, went back to went to New England, dude. For, for pennies, and I yeah. And, and what did the Raiders trade to get him? I can't a even lot. remember. I, I wasn't it like a second or a first. It, it was a lot, dude. and I think they I got mean, a they... fifth in return and had to give up a seventh. 
Yeah, it's um, it's not what you want if you're the Raiders. <laughs> no, not what you want for sure. And they're still out there looking for their true quarterback. I don't think uh, Gruden really trusts Carr. I don't even know. Where's Mariota now? I have no idea. I don't know if he's still under contract with them or if he's hitting free agency too. I'm not sure if there was an option in that one-year deal, but we're just going to continue to say it. If you have more than one quarterback to talk about on a roster, you don't have a quarterback. And that, that marriage has felt like it's been tethered the entire time. Um, you know, he has a good car, has a good game and they get rid of, and, and, you know, you think everything's fine. He has a bad game and Gruden's cursing him out. I don't think it's any secret that Gruden really doesn't look at him as their long-term answer. Not at all. All right. You ready to talk jets and giants? Yeah, I am. Just real fast, Tampa Bay. Um, Gronk is back. Brady reworked his deal. Gronk and, loves being uh, a free agent. I don't blame yeah, him. Yeah, and Shaq, Shaq Barrett's back, too, on a, on a four-year deal. So That team will be very, rush. very good again. No doubt. Yeah, Brady wants to run it back, and uh, he's got his guys. I'm interested to see what happens with guys like uh, Fournette and Antonio Brown. But I'm sure if they take the page out of the Tom Brady book, they're, they're happy to accommodate that that salary cap to uh to run it back yeah i think they both will be back i I don't think antonio brown has too many options um uh, and then lenny fournette just wants to win another one um let's talk jets really quick and then we'll talk giants giants have been a little bit more quiet than the jets but with that being said the jets go out and get a guy who i mentioned at the probably in the middle of the year as a guy i was targeting in free agency, obviously, I'm in there with my guy Joe Douglas, Corey Davis, uh, former number what six overall pick. I know he was a top ten pick. Um, underwhelming career for the Tennessee Titans, but that was more due to injury than anything else. I think if he can stay healthy, he can be a very good, probably I don't want to say number one wide receiver, but definitely a, a formidable number two. That was their first. I time. agree. I agree with you. I thought that was a really good move. And when I saw it come across my Bleacher Report, I was like, you know what? That's a really solid move. Three years, move for the 27 Jets. mil, I believe. 37 million. My yep. bad. Oh, good for him. No, you're good. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I want to talk to you. And by the way, you placed the franchise tag on Marcus May, too. And I'm sure it would be nice to get a long term extension made with him. But with all of the money the Pats have spent and the, all of the money the Jets have, have you been at all concerned with how little they've spent, or do you just trust that Douglas is not going to spend like a drunken sailor and he's going to bring in the right guys and he's going to use the draft as his real springboard for improving this roster? I'm going with trust this year, bro. I'm trying not to get upset. I mean, wow, look I, at you. After the You're next season this year, um, I'm going with trust this year. I like the guy they got out of Cincinnati as well. He's def. I mean, the Jets have seemed to have been seem to be looking for an edge rusher. They've always had guys in the middle, whether it be your guy Leonard Williams, whether it be Quentin Williams or Sheldon Richardson, Mo Wilkerson. They always have these big, as um, our our friend Mike French likes to call them, hog mollies in the middle. But we never have good edge guys, and it's just nice to finally get one. It is nice, and it changes the whole scheme of what your team's going to be, too, especially if C.J. Mosley comes back. I know there's been talks about either cutting him or trading him, but I have no interest in doing that if I'm in the Jets. With all the salary cap they have, you want him to be able to feast at that linebacker role, and being able to get somebody to go after the quarterback and apply some pressure is only going to make him better. 
Absolutely. I, I'm really excited with what the Jets are doing. And if we have to save, I mean, like like I said, it's only $10 million this year for Watson, and then the big money kicks in in the next few years. But if you guys want to set a few pennies aside for trades and whatnot to, to appease Watson, do it. You know what I mean? Well, obviously. Um, if Deshaun's coming here, you, you lay out the red carpet for him. Whatever he wants. As long as we're not uh, – oh, the Buffalo Bills signed Emmanuel Sanders. Don't care. Um, he's done. Um, listen, as long as they don't spend their money on a running back, I am golden. I don't think that they will. I think you're good there. I don't even know what running backs are available. In this the only running back that I raise that's... an eyebrow out, and it, it feels like it was for only 10 minutes, was Aaron Jones because he's still young. But he <laughs> yeah, immediately yeah, yeah. re-signed with the, with the uh, Packers. Yeah, and I didn't think they were going to let him go. Mark Ingram went to the Texans. They were probably the only team that actually wanted to pay him what he wanted to make. Yeah, um, I've I've always loved Ingram, but he's he's nowhere been. close to even what he was two years ago. Yeah, much like Emmanuel Sanders. So Jamal go, Williams is get, an interesting player, depending on the price you're going to have to pay for him out of Green Bay. I think he's leaving, so we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, I have a suggestion for you, if you want it, is Wayne Gallman from the Giants. They're not bringing him back, and he's, he actually was their main running back this year when uh, when Saquon was out, and I've always liked him. He's a good downhill runner, yeah, so he, he might be a guy you want to look at. He's not too bad. I always liked him out of Clemson. He's always floating around on the fantasy waiver wire. I always keep my eye on him. I, I am a fan. Yeah, he's a good running back. I mean, he had some tough moments there for the Giants for a little bit, but because the offensive line sucked, and the, it was better this year, and he was able to run through some holes. And I like how he's one of those running backs that's always getting positive yards, right? Like, he doesn't really juke around. He goes straight downhill, and you're always getting three, four yards out You can out catch the him. ball a little bit, too. Yeah, he can, um, except for that game against Dallas where he almost fumbled it away twice. But, no, he's a good pickup, and he won't cost you anything. So I think that that's a name you could look at. Absolutely. Speaking of your Giants, uh, they bring back Solder, and they they had to do the deal. Um, Leonard Williams, what was the deal? I saw it was like 40-something guaranteed. Yeah, three years, 63 million, 45 fully guaranteed. You have to do the deal after the year he had last year. They've been trying to get a deal done with him. I think the hard A little bit of an overpay, was... in my opinion, for an interior lineman, but I, it had to be done. Yeah, it, you know, the thing about him watching him a lot this year, because I always obviously liked him with the Jets, but watching him this year, you know, the Giants are a team that decided that they were going to not allow teams to run on them. So Williams obviously is great at that. They had Dexter Lawrence, too. He got a lot of Dalvin pressure Tom. this year, too, on the quarterback. But I was, I was just going to say, but if you have a guy much like Lawrence – where, yeah, you're going to immediately stop the run, but you can get after the quarterback. I think he had like nine sacks or something this year. So he's he's a damn good player for what they're asking him to be. I know you don't want to pay him that much for his position, but I think as just a player, as a leader in that locker room, and an anchor of a young defense, especially now with Dalvin Tomlinson going to uh, to uh, Minnesota, he's, he's a necessity. And you couldn't pay him $19 because that was killing your salary cap. So it frees up $11 million in the cap with this extension do you see golden tate resigning no way nope he's absolutely gone and they actually signed john ross today the speedy uh wide receiver out of uh or from the Bengals. they brought him in and on a one-year 2.5 million dollar deal oh um, listen take a flyer on him i think he's played one game in the nfl it feels like it 
Yeah, he has not been around. Well, I mean, he hasn't played much at all. No, he's been um, around he's about three featured. years, but he's been hurt. Yeah, and then they brought in Devonte Booker, uh, one of the running backs out in out in Vegas, um, two years, six million, I think, just because they know they're not bringing Gallman back. So uh, kind of underwhelming, but they didn't have much money. No, not at all. All right, you ready to talk some NBA? Let's do it, man. We had a, quite the game last night. Yeah, um, we'll just get over Embiid quick. Um, Embiid, what was it, a hyperextended knee? Mm-hmm. When you see that type of injury and him go down, that's like best case scenario. He's out two to three weeks. I'm going to say he's going to be out more like four to five just because Philly is the number one seed. If they fall out to the top three seed, that's fine. They want him healthy for the playoffs. Shame to see because he was playing like an MVP, but this slides LeBron right back into it. I think so. I think so. And it sucks to see. I'm just happy that it was only only the hyperextension because it looked really bad when it happened. And, yeah. You know, for, for what he has finally put together and really meeting his full potential and what he's meant for that team being the number one seed in the East, uh, it just would have sucked to see that be something more serious. So I'm glad that he can get his rest, and that team will still win plenty of games in his absence. Yeah, now it's time for Simmons to uh... – to carry the weight, it's going to be interesting to see because every time MB doesn't play, it seems like Simmons averages 28 to 30 points a game, so it'll be fun. Drop another 40-piece for us, Simmons. Yes. Uh, you ready to talk our teams, um, and then we'll go around the league next week for the NBA? Yeah, that sounds great, dude. Let's do it. Watch, watch the majority of the Knicks-Nets game. First thing I'm going to say is I saw on Bleacher Report, I'm sure you saw it too, the call. The NBA supported that call. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. That was not a travel. Kyrie Irving, nice block by him, but he got all five fingers on that ball. It was on it, it rolled down to to Randall's forearm and he had to regather. That is not a travel. Sound a little bitter, buddy. But you're right. As much as I Hell would love game, to laugh man. at you. It was. As much as I'd love to laugh at you, and trust me, I would, especially when the Nets were up 18, I, I was primed to ask if there was a game last night or anything. But um, no, that was a horrible call. And of course, the NBA is going to back up their refs. They have to, especially with how much shit the refs have been getting lately. But yeah, I mean, Kyrie dislodged the ball from Randall's hands. So it's a new it's a new possession. So if he didn't go up with it. It's now the ball was loose and he... he he got it back. It's it was a terrible call. I thought at the time that they were going to reverse it, and I was really surprised that they didn't. Nets escaped with a win in what was a really fun basketball game. Well, they couldn't reverse when it. Looked it looked like it wasn't going to be. They couldn't reverse it because the Knicks were out of timeouts and they had just used their challenge and won it on the one before that with the Joe Harris foul call on R.J. Barrett. Which let's talk about the Knicks first, and then we'll move over to your Nets, just because. Again, I'm the boss. I feel like I say this every time, so I want to talk Knicks. Just do what you want. <laughs> um, I, listen, I, I love the fight of this team. I mean, like you said, they were down 18. They literally, any other season, they could have and would have rolled over. They come back. R.J. Barrett is shooting 100% from the free throw line on the day. <laughs> The team, he was, he shot 100% I know, I know, from the stripe, I, I couldn't I was, believe it. Before you said the day, 
I was looking forward to seeing where that was going. No, 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 to see no. He, he had he had an amazing game, and there was points where I thought he looked tired, but then the next thing you know, he's going to the basket and getting a dunk. Julius Randle's been doing it all year. Even without Mitchell Robinson, they seem to protect the rim pretty well against you guys, given the circumstances of who they're playing. And I just love this team, and they have a lot of fight. Um we're the seventh seed right now, and if we want to continue to stay in the playoff race because we have an extremely tough schedule coming up, a move needs to be made. And I'm not talking about, you know, you go out and you trade the farm for Bradley Beal or whatever, but, you know, they need a guy, I said it to you over text last night, to replace the Reggie Bullock and... Um, Who had and a good game last night. I think he hit five threes. Yes, but then the, t- tonight he'll hit... He'll go 0 for 7. And, and I just can't watch these empty possessions where they bring nothing to the table, him and Burks. And listen, I understand they're versatile defensively, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't play at all. They're just take away 8 minutes from each of those guys or, or 10 minutes from each of those guys and give it to a Victor Oladipo or somebody like that that you can get for somewhat cheap on the trade market. I'm in complete agreement with you. And watching that game last night, before you guys went on your run, a couple of things stood out to me. One, you there's just nobody who can take a game over. There's nobody you can give the ball to for a couple of a couple of possessions in a row and let them. No, cook. And it looks like Randall's about to do it, and then I mean he's just not at that level yet. No, he's not. And quite honestly, that's not even a knock on him. It's just that's not what he is. And he, this, as good as he is and as versatile as he is and being able to step out and hit the three is, as, as much as he does, he's still not a guy where you're going to just feed for you know four or five consecutive minutes and expect that you're going to have you know 12 points in four minutes out of him. It's just not going to – that's not going to happen on a normal basis. The other thing I picked up on was the R.J. Barrett thing that you mentioned. R.J. Barrett last year, it was a tough year for him. It was his rookie year. And I did think there were times where he was getting tired last night. And Tibbs didn't pull him, and he kept him in. And you could see him trying to deal with the really tough switching that the Nets do on defense – and I thought he acquitted himself really well, as did Quickly. Quickly had a couple really nice floaters in the lane. And before I talk about the effort from you guys, would even you agree Nilekina. with those statements? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Even Nilakina, who had zero points and six fouls, he was giving you guys a hard time, and he was picking up Harden and Kyrie, you know, almost at the logo and having to deal with them. And I, I thought they looked great. I think they miss Rose. I know he's missing a couple games with a death in his family. I definitely think they miss his scoring. But, again, the glaring thing to me is that they need another piece to replace Bullock and Burks. Couldn't agree more with you. Um, and that'll put them, me- honestly, I think if they get a guy that can create a little bit of offense as well as shoot the ball better than those two or more consistently, then they may end up as a six seed and be able to avoid that playing game. I was just going to say, give me a guy that can come off the bench and make a couple threes in a row. And, and isn't a high usage. Give me a JJ Redick. Yeah. Honestly, give me a Josh Hart. Like, give me somebody like that. Um, I would like, I would like one of those that if that's cheap and I would like a guy who can create his own offense in in a terrible situation uh, as like a Victor Oladipo, who I don't think would cost you too much. 
No, I, I think that he has Knicks written all over him. As, and I also believe Drummond does, too. I mean, if Oof. the Cavs so badly want to trade him, I know. I, I don't know, want I know. Drummond clogging up my guy, Julius Russell. <laughs> Julius Russell, I know. Julius well, Chamberlain. Listen, easy. Listen, man, I, I, I think that Drummond... He's going to give you something that Randall... I mean, first of all, Randall's He's going to give really me empty informed. stats, man. And I don't want him calling for post plays. It's like when Dwight Howard used to call for post plays. Well, let me put it this way. If the, if the Cavs are so desperate to trade him, you can get him for literally nothing, and he's a free agent at the end of the year. Can he help you get that get a little bit more offense down low because Nerwin's Noel as much as I like him defensively he had a great block on Kyrie just put it back in his face last night he, he doesn't give you anything offensively and Mitchell Robinson can but he's he doesn't always really hurt. have any kind of expanded game and he's always hurt and he's always in foul trouble although he's been better at it this year so uh, if I'm you and you can get him for nothing and if he's not cooperating or he falls or Tibbs doesn't love him then you sit his ass and then he doesn't play and, and he's a free agent next year so it's no big deal to me one more guy before we move on to the Nets, and I agree with you. If if it's a if his contract is up at the end of the year and you can move on, maybe Drummond wouldn't be so bad. Listen to the Ryan Rosillo podcast, and he had an interview with Jeremy Lin, and it intrigued me enough to the point where I went and watched some G League tape. Talk about a guy that would cost absolutely nothing. I would not mind if they brought back some Lin Sanity because he's playing a little bit harder defensively, and the offensive game is always there for him. That was a great pod. It was really cool to listen to to Lynn open up about everything. He seemed like he really wanted to talk about what he's been through and what he's had to persevere injury-wise and dealing with racism and all that. And I'm with you. I did not go down that rabbit hole that you did, but shit, man. If you can get him for absolutely nothing and he can come back and there's a really good vibe to this Knicks team, I think that he would fit in seamlessly and could give you a 12-14 off the bench. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about your Nets. First of all, Kyrie is just incredible, and he is playing the best basketball. Not some of. He is playing the best basketball of his career. He looked, at certain points last night, just completely unstoppable. And Harden looked like a sidekick, and not to mention, he looked fine doing it, and he went and got himself a 15-15 triple-double. (laughs) <laughs> I know, and he has really not been great offensively in the three games in the second half from a scoring standpoint. Um, but that's okay on and- this team because he's doing everything else, which is something we haven't seen from Harden since Oklahoma City. He took over late in the Detroit game and won that game for him. But he 22-15-15 last night. And they weren't empty, which is the most important N- thing. No. And and the thing with Kyrie, and I know you and I did it, talked about it when we did our Kyrie's back to my favorite player again, by the way. You just have to try to understand, like, watching him and not combining his off-the-court whatever shit, you know. I I follow the Nets on on BR, obviously, and he— And Instagram, right? And and Instagram. Not there yet. Um, But he's— How many people do you follow? None. Have you even I opened even the app? Uh, no, I have not. My God. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm not going to lie to you. We're here. making baby steps. Um, you have the account. I, like I said, we're crawling. We're not even stepping. Um, but the thing with Kyrie is, you just take all that out, and like he he 
posts these things about giving all his love to God, Allah, all this. And, and it's great, you know, obviously, whatever he needs to do for his headspace. And I know it's going to drive some people nuts. And when he does his post game, every answer is seven minutes long to the simplest of questions. But watching him on the floor, it, it's, it, it's, it's poetry in motion. It's it's unreal what he does, and the biggest thing that catches my eye with him, it's not even the range, it's not even the assists, it's not even the attacking and creativity around the basket. The efficiency is absurd. That game against Boston, he had 34 points and only took 23 shots, or 40 points, and he only took 23 shots and five free throws. Yeah, I mean, he is lethal right now. And Harden... To your point, that's why he came here and he kept saying, listen, I don't care about all of these things. I'm trying to be a facilitator. I had some great, great assists in those pocket passes. Jeff Green had 20 last night. These players that we're talking about stats-wise, like the Bruce Browns and the Jeff Greens and all of those things, all of those guys, they're not doing it on their own. They're doing it because of James Hart. He has opened up the entire floor, and I have no idea how you guard this team and then just add in Kevin Durant. It's stupid. It definitely is. I would, I, again, I still would like to see, I mean, obviously Blake hasn't played yet, but I still would like to see another big body in the middle. I don't know, the trade deadline's approaching fast and heavy. Maybe they have one more move in them? So they're in, uh, there's been a lot of reports about them with JaVale McGee, which would make me a perfect two for two after Phillips's pod with Genius. the guys in which I said I wanted. Genius status. Uh, <laughs> you know, not quite you, but getting close. Let's just say I'm covering up for my Kirk Cousins MVP thing that you still won't let me move on from, yeah, from three well, years ago. But. We've moved. We've <laughs> actually moved past that um, to when you started talking about the late, great David Stern as the current. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was... Oh man, that was a bad moment for me. Um, but it's a senior but, yeah. moment. You're 30 now, so I'm not 30. <laughs> Shut the. Fuck up. I'm gonna <laughs> kick you right in the ass. Um, but no, dude, I I think that Javale McGee would be perfect. Obviously, you know the thing with Drummond. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it if it happens. It really seems like it's going to come down to the Nets and Lakers. If he's bought into playing that Dwight role from last year and what he's done in Philly, you're getting one of the most athletic, dominant rebounding big men in the game right now. You just need him to buy into that. If not JaVale McGee, he's been on, he's been on title teams. He's a rim protector. And that's a really fine move to me. They don't need a lot more. No, not at all. Don't, don't, don't go out and get anybody that's going to stifle the flow that they have right now. I did see that they're out on PJ Tucker, Mm. which makes me happy because PJ Tucker, as much as I love him for his defense and his rebounding and his shooting threes, He's basically just a little bit better version of Blake Griffin. And it still doesn't solve your real rim protecting problem. You know, Blake is going to be there to play small ball. No, he's a much better version of Brown. Uh, uh, Yeah. I wouldn't even say much. Yeah, I guess so. At this point. Well, I think being in a terrible situation, I never really can read too much into that. This guy's used to being playing deep into the playoffs and he's on a 16 a team that's lost 16 straight but the the fucking rockets are asking for spencer dinwiddie and a first and or, or and a second for him no way am i doing that no hell no you can get i mean i don't know if dinwiddie's future is long for the nets but you could definitely get a lot more for him 
Easily. Yeah, no. So I'm glad that they're out on that. Don't overpay for him. He's a nice player, and if the price was right, you could go get him. But if it's not, don't even worry about it. Absolutely. You ready to move on to some MLB? Yes, sir. All right. Zach Britton goes down for the Yankees. Is he out for the year? No, sir. It looks like it's going to be about a three-month thing. So, so it's, four uh, months. Removing bo- <laughs> yeah, or, or maybe the year, um, <laughs> knowing the Yanks. But, uh, yeah, surgery to remove, remove bone chips out of his elbow. Um, That's never so good. It's never good, but at least it's not TJ. So they're saying, like, June return. But I wonder how it's going to impact the bullpen. I wanted to ask you what you would do here. Do you feel like the organization has enough depth with their pitching? Or do you look at a Shane Green or a David Robertson and give them a call to get somebody who knows how to clean up a, a late inning or to fill in for Chapman? Because that's another big thing with Britain was he was your closer on the days Chapman wasn't closing. Now you now you really don't have one. I mean, look, here's the thing. In, in a normal season with a normal offseason – and everybody coming back, I would say the Yankees had enough depth between Schmidt and King as well as Garcia um, and and a few other guys. I think they'd be able to piecemeal it together, but I think you should give these guys a call just because I don't think Green and or um, Robertson's really going to cost you much. And again, we're going from, what was it last year? How many games is that? 60 game season, COVID, who knows what kind of shape these guys are in, straight to a full season. So I feel like you're going to need all the depth you can get. I'm a thousand percent agreeing with you because here's the thing. They do have enough guys and quality arms. You you can also throw Herman, Low Isaga in there. I know we hate him, but he actually had a decent year last year with Sessa and they keep him around. Nick Nelson looks like he's going to be a guy that they really are going to use. You don't um, think Domingo's going to be a starter? I think he is, but you don't necessarily know, and he might be that swing guy. I, the The reason that I would give Robertson or Green a call is because Chad Green, I don't want any part of him being a setup man. He is so good in that fireman role where he comes in in a fifth or sixth and pitches an inning in two-thirds or something and saves you. I don't want any part of designating him to the eighth inning or the closer role when Chapman doesn't pitch. That's the problem. So if you can bring in a guy who's used to closing – and then you can move them, you know, back in the game once you get once you get Britain back. I think that just makes you that much more formidable. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I mean, I don't even need a guy that's used to doing anything. I just need more versatility because, again, Darren O'Day's been a closer before. Just more movable pieces because, again, like you said, I think the most important thing is keeping Green in that in that role where he can give you three innings because he's that Brian Canny analytics bullpen ace kind of guy. Yeah, and and that's when he's at his best. You know, he's not a guy that's at his best when he's he's not a pitch every day a seventh kind of guy. inning. Yeah, he's no. not a he's not an everyday pitch one inning. This is your inning. You know when it is. He's a you know the starters got a Tanaka who's not on the team anymore. But Tanaka's you know throwing a throwing a one run game, but he's got a million pitches in the fifth. Come in and give us three. Right, and and I think the biggest. And most important part here, even so much more than who's going to be your your Swiss Army knife late in the game with closing setting up, is these pitchers, for the reasons that you said, 60 games last year, these guys threw like 38 innings, you know, 40 innings. 
all of a sudden now you're going into 162. You're not going to push these starters very long at all. No, not at and all. And you're going to try to safeguard from injury. So the more pitchers, the better. I think the theme of the year, I think the theme of the year this year and the better teams, it will be depth. And hope the Yankees on the offensive side seem to have seem to be winning that battle. And now we just need to keep it up with the pitchers. My guy Dietrich looks good, by the way. He does, and so does Jay Bruce. So it's going to be a pretty interesting decision to see where they go. I, I want not Dietrich to get too ahead of myself. Not to get ahead of myself, man. But Wade, I know he's a great defender and he's fast as shit. But he is just a, a nothing on offense. And I could. If he he still has options, there is a world in which they send him down and they bring Bruce and Dietrich. I had high hopes for Wade because I saw maybe it was last spring training or two years ago. He had a little bit more pop in his bat at the beginning of the year, but he hasn't really seemed to be consistent with that. No, he has a lot of just pathetic at bats where you just know like he's going up there and you got no shot. You know, you're hoping for a walk. Yeah, that's a shame because I actually like Wade a lot. Me too, and we'll see. I I would bet right now he's on the that roster. it's gonna that it's gonna be Wade and Bruce, mm. but anything can change. Yeah, I I know. I'm gonna uh, hate to I see like Dietrich, Dietrich too, but... go because he's gonna he's get picked. Guy. He doesn't have any options left. He's gonna get picked up by another team. He's a great guy that that teams would want so much because of that outfield and infield versatility, and he, he loves getting hit by pitches, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll see. And if he has to go down to the alternate site, you know how the Yankees are. I mean, when I saw the Brit news, I was like, "Well, it's officially spring, and it's officially baseball season because a major player is hurt." Absolutely, so he's, it's not a bad thing necessarily to have him down there. Real fast, out of you, man. Um, we kind of teased it earlier. Are you seeing a clear cut favorite for the fifth starter role right now? No. Who do you think? Everybody's think pitched okay. I think it's Herman too. I mean, Debbie's been great, but no, he's better out of the pen. I, I think Herman's better fit to be a starter. He's done it more. And I just think Debbie Garcia is a lot more effective out of the bullpen. That seems to be, from everybody that I talk to that really know pitchers and prospects, that seems to be what his highest upside is. But he's looked good as a starter. He's been a starter his whole career. I mean, I hope they do this. I've been screaming about this forever, and there's finally a good reason to do it is have a six-man rotation at least for the first month, month and a half of the season. Why not? Because of, Save those arms. Exactly. Because of last year and the carryover, I don't think it's a bad thing to have both of those guys as part of a six-man. And if Cole says, I want to pitch every fifth day, then you say, okay, and then everybody else, you're going to be bumped back one. But right now I would say Herman, but Debbie's looked really good too. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you, but it's, it's not like he's going anywhere. He's just sliding over to the pen, and he's another option. Yeah, there's no way he doesn't break camp. No, hell no. Him, Loisaga. Do you think Clark Schmidt makes the team? No, because he's he's still shut down with his um, flexor tendon mm. um, issue. So he's not going to start throwing, I think, until – they might keep him. I, I've watched – I feel like the only few spring training games I've watched this year are games in which he's pitched in. I just don't like him. You remember David Phelps? Of course. He reminds me a lot of Phelps. Like, he's just not good enough to be a starter. He's kind of that tweener because he's not good enough to be a late-inning reliever either. You getting Sessa vibes from him? 
Yeah, uh, kinda. <laughs> but but I <laughs> there's just something about Sessa I hate. I'll never I'll never like him no matter how good he is. Too All many right. too many bad too many bad games. How many how many more weeks till till they actually throw a first pitch? Two weeks from Thursday, man. Oh man. Love this time of year. Um, let's talk golf really quick, and then we'll finish off with the um, we'll finish off with the tournament. Um, Justin Thomas won the Players Championship. It's like the kind of major. It's not really the money's definitely a major. You got fifteen million off that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's major, all right. He he drove it pretty well, but obviously everything else was great from him. His wedges, his irons, and his putter is always great. Um, just lost his grandfather, I guess two weeks ago. I'd say I was going to say two tournaments ago, so it was two weeks ago. Um, vaults himself back up to the top three. Uh, just a great golfer. Um, this week we got the Honda. Expect people to. I'm not going to give any predictions this week just because I haven't looked, but. Tiger Woods shot his lowest ever of a 62 here. A lot of guys have their lowest ever scores at the Honda, so expect people to go low. Tony Finau, I'm picking him to win. <laughs> well, you have to. You do it every week. Yeah. Um, were you Were you surprised at all with Thomas's performance? I mean, he. I was just was, because was that something was, that came out of nowhere. I was. It's not coming out of nowhere because he's like a top five player in the world. But I was just because he did not play well a few weeks earlier. And it was coming off of the death, uh, some adversity in his family. And I know the Tiger Woods thing hit him pretty hard as well. Um, but he fought through it. He played great. So I, I have to say I was a little surprised. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to bring a little golf to you here. You played? I saw – I did not. But I, played. I heard that – did you? All right. We'll talk about Worst that first round of my I life. make my observation. What happened? Well, it was, it was on Sunday. And I swear to you, it was – um, 50 degrees when we teed off sunny by the third hole, it was snowing 40 mile an hour wind. Then you get 50 degrees another 10 minutes later, then you get snow again. I just, I was like, I got to get out of here. And then honestly, it yeah, made you... me turn me off to golf a little bit, but I, I know I'll, I'll come around. Oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> it's just another cold day in the Northeast. You you can't put any stock into that. That's no. who the hell, unless even professionals ain't playing well with that shit. They're um, not playing. What I was, well, they're not playing facts. <laughs> what I was going to say was uh, I saw Rory was talking about a lot of his injuries, and it was because he was trying to emulate Brooks. Well, he should uh, stop. Because Brooks gets hurt all the time, too. (laughs) Brooks had to pull out uh, of this. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, oh, no, you know what? It wasn't Brooks. I'm sorry. Trying to emulate Bryson. That's what it was. Trying to emulate Bryson on the long drives. And I'm like, I don't understand why. Yeah, very little I know about golf. Rory hits the ball plenty far enough. Yeah, Rory, before Bryson put on, what was it, like 30 pounds of muscle? Rory was like the long hitter on tour, averaging like 330, 340 on his drive. So I don't understand why he needs to do that. Go back to your game, Rory. Yeah, and don't become like Tiger where you're now, you know, your your back is, is killing you for however many years yes. in a row. I mean, there's a lot of good golf still left in him. I know he's had his demons and he's had a lot of issues, but don't, I don't think that, I don't, I really don't think that Bryson DeChambeau is the template you want to go to to try to improve your game. No, not at all. I mean, Bryson's won a lot. He won recently. I think he won the tournament. Yeah, he won the Palmer, the one before this one. But, mm-hmm. I mean, let him do his thing, and you just play your best game. He's a better golfer than Bryson, period. 
What do you think of the rule that was put into place by the P, by the uh, PGA Tour to not allow um, Bryson to use the ninth fairway as a setup shot? I mean, I don't know. I think golf needs to stop being so stuffy. You know kind of I'm a little baseball this? in them, right? Yeah, yeah. Like get off my lawn, kind of shit. Like, let's have some fun, and then people might start watching. Especially with the personalities, man. Just fucking let these guys do their thing. Like, is it really exactly. killing the integrity and, of the game Bryson's to let him becoming, do something no one else can do? Yeah, and I think you, you. We talked about it maybe a week or two ago. Bryson's trying to starting to turn around to the more lovable side of golf, and and people are he's starting to become a lot more popular. The only guy that's really not liked now is Patrick Reed and maybe Sergio Garcia. I don't like Sergio. I don't think many people do. But, yeah, I think you should just let if, – if there's a player on tour that's trying to do something and wants to do something and has the research and the, all, all the science that's backed into it of being able to set something up, the analytics and all that, okay, it's unconventional. Okay, it's, it's something that we've never seen before. You're going to get a shit ton of eyeballs seeing Bryson do that. I think that you should totally embrace what this guy's doing because we've never seen it before. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. You ready to move on to the tourney? I'm so ready, man. It's been two years since we've talked um, NCAA basketball, uh, March Madness. But So how did we do this two years ago? Did we go over our entire brackets? I just can't even remember. I think we did. But before we do that, I need to get your thoughts on the conference tournaments this past week and weekend because I thought the brand of basketball as we said at the top was fucking amazing yeah I, I it really really got me ready for the tourney um St. John's losing an overtime laying an absolute egg to I don't remember who they played um Seton Hall Seton Hall uh they go into overtime six what was it 62-62 they put up five points Seton Hall beats them 79-69 um, that's not five points. That's actually seven points, but still, <laughs> regardless, they lay an absolute egg. What a way to finish the season. Thank you, Johnny's for another fucking mediocre to shit year. Um, but aside from that, the tourneys were great. Obviously Georgetown surprising everyone going out and winning the tournament and pushing Nova from probably being a two to three seed all the way down to a five seed. Um, that's going to make it a little bit more interesting. And then the rest of the tournaments, I mean, the ACC has sucked this year. Let's face facts. Um, but aside from that, I, I mean, you had some great tournaments. Big 12 I'm was gonna, a lot of fun, and, and as well as the Big 10. The Big 10 was great. I'm going to give myself another little genius thing here. I picked Georgia Tech to win the ACC. Now it helped. That Virginia, after beating Syracuse on a buzzer beater, weren't able to play because of their uh, one positive COVID test. But nonetheless, they did beat Florida State, who you said last week was the best team in the conference all year, which seemed to be the case. But it wasn't an easy win. I mean, Georgia Tech beat them by five, 80-75. But I want that one. I want that one. Oh, well, you just gave it to yourself. So there you go. You ready to jump in? Yeah, let's fucking do it. All right, we're both East Coast boys, so let's start. Well, now you're a what are you, a Southern boy? But fuck that, you're from no. Um, I'm more, I'm closer. I'm Southwest, so put me in between those. Yeah, two. I guess they do have South by Southwest there. With that being said, you're East Coast forever. <laughs> you mean you guess? With that being said, you are East Coast forever. 
Let's start yes. with the East bracket. Probably the weakest one seed, especially because Michigan lost their best defender and probably best player. Um, Michigan against the playing team, Michigan State and or Texas Southern. Who do you have winning? Mount St. Mary's. Oh, that's Mount St. Mary's? Sorry. I know Michigan, yeah, Michigan State's State in the play-in a, game against UCLA. I think they'd be a 12. Yes, they'd be a 12. yes, yes. They're, okay, they're 11, actually. Um, 11. They're... Who do you have winning? Oh, Michigan. I mean, listen, this. I don't love them, but obviously they're going to they're gonna kick the shit out of whoever wins the Mount St. Mary's Texas Southern game. LSU-St. Bonaventure. 8-9 matchup. The Bonnies are close. Closer to you uh, from the Atlantic 10. I know they had a good year. Um, but I watched LSU in that SEC tournament, and they really impressed me. Um, and they went toe-to-toe with Alabama. They lost by one in the SEC championship game. I think I'm going to go LSU here. How about you? LSU is the type of team where they take a lot of crazy shots, um, and they're firing up and down the floor. St. Bonaventure is a senior latent team, as most of these mid-majors are. I'm going to go with the Bonnies on this one for a, for a teensy-wincy upset. Yeah. By the way, can I just get your opinion on this? What is an actual upset? Like, do we even consider 7-10s upsets anymore? Mm. I know this is an 8-9, but can you no, really say I a 7-10 think, is? I think... I think the 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 first time you can classify it as an upset is a five twelve. Yeah, I agree with you. Speaking of which, I have Georgetown beating Colorado in the five twelve matchup. I think Georgetown's going to continue this this magic. Yeah, I'm, I I have to go Georgetown too. I mean, they're on one of those Cinderella runs, right? They're clearly playing for Ewing. Uh, that team's playing really well. I love their size down low. And okay, Colorado, you're 22 and six. You lost to Oregon State in the Pac-12 championship, and it's the Pac-12. The Big East isn't great, but give me Georgetown in this game. Next game coming up, we have number four, Florida State at UNC Greensboro. I have Florida State in this one. Me too. Florida State always wakes up come turning time. Uh, next game, we have BYU against the winner of Michigan State UCLA. I don't know. I was a little underwhelmed by BYU, but I think, again, this is a senior-laden team, and I think that they are going to hold off Michigan State, who's going to beat UCLA. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way here, man. I mean, Michigan State, to me, they, they'll also beat UCLA, but they were winning games down the stretch in by far the toughest conference. And BYU, I know they put up a fight against Gonzaga, but it ended up being a double-digit loss for them. Uh, I, I think Michigan State can go on a little bit of a run here. So okay. give me give me the Spartans. Next up we have number three, Texas at whatever, Albertine Christian. I don't know what that is. Give me Texas. <laughs> Albertine, Absolutely. Al, Abilene Christian. Give me Texas and Shaka Smart. Finally, we have a game that we care about. Connecticut, Maryland. I'm going to go with the best player in this game, although I think this game is going to be a bloodbath. I'm going to go with your Connecticut Huskies. Obviously, I am too, because they have the best player. And Maryland, you know what? They're, I know, again, I want to give them credit for playing in the tougher conference, but they don't have a James Book night. And I know UConn lost to Creighton, but that game could have gone UConn's way. I like them in this game. Next up, we have your other team, Alabama Roll Tide against 
Slick Rick Patino and Mike Phillips slash Joe Smith's Will Smith's brothers, Iona Gales. Give me Alabama. Mm. It's nice to see Slick yeah. Rick back in the tourney, though. It is. I just so wish he was doing it at a bigger program than Iona. No offense to Iona. I mean, great for them hiring him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm not saying this to be a dick. I would love to see him do this at St. John's. Fuck you. Um, all right. We're, <laughs> we're on to the Midwest. 116, we have Illinois against Drexel. Love how you always pronounce the S in Illinois. Um, <laughs> yes, Illinois will be Drexel. <laughs> yes, they will. Loyola Chicago at Georgia Tech. Give me Loyola Chicago. Yeah, this is a popular pick. Everybody likes the Gales this year. Um, I think I got to take Georgia Tech, though. I picked them to win the ACC tournament, so I'm just going to ride high with them. And, and they're probably not the better team, but um, I, I'm going to pick them in this game. Tennessee, Oregon State, give me Tennessee. Just a better conference, better team. Right there with you. Oklahoma State with possible number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham against Liberty. Give me Oklahoma State. I think this kid wakes up for the big moments. Jay Billis was giving a lot of love to Liberty. And, I don't care. Hey, they might be really good. I don't care. Again, the best player in the game is Cade Cunningham, and uh, Oklahoma State should win this game. San Diego State against Syracuse. I hate Syracuse, so I'm taking San Diego State. I'm taking San Diego State because I also absolutely despise Syracuse. Move They're the to... rivalry that will never get back, by the way, that yeah. I'll, I'll always hate. I'll always hate them. They, like made the their, they weaseled their way was... into the ACC with their mediocre football team. Yes. All right. West Virginia, Moorhead State. Give me West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Clemson Rutgers. Rutgers have pretty had a pretty good year, and they're a very good defensive team. I'm taking them over Clemson. Yeah, this game I wrestled with a lot. Um, again, I think just because the ACC is so down and the Big Ten is so good, I know Rutgers is good defensively, so I'm going to take them to beat the Tigers. Houston, Cleveland State. Give me Houston. Houston's damn good. Yeah, they've been good for a while now. Um, all right, let's move into the South bracket, and then we'll go over to the West. Baylor at Hartford, or Baylor against Hartford. Give me Baylor. Yeah, easily. Congrats on Hartford making their first ever NCAA tournament. Yes, local team for us. Um, North Carolina, Wisconsin. I'm taking Wisconsin. I, I just think they're a better team from a better conference. Yeah, me too. And, you know, Carolina – 18 and 10. I really don't know what that means. I'm tired means. of hearing I just about Carolina. Al- Me too, and I just always trust Wisconsin when it gets to tourney time. They seem to just turn it up a little bit more. Villanova Winthrop. Give me Villanova. Okay, see, this is where we're going to go against each other. This has actually been the most popular 12-5 upset picked in brackets so far. I'm taking Winthrop. I hate that Nova doesn't have its two best players. And I watched them in the uh, Big East tournament. They didn't look really good at all, and they kind of looked a little – uninspired to knowing that their title chances are done. So I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Winthrop. Apparently Winthrop is a really damn good team. I mean, they're 23 and one. So give me, give me that as the uh, obligatory 12, five upset. Moving on to the next one. We have Purdue at North Texas, Purdue. Yep. Next one. We have my guy, Mac McClug transfer from Georgetown, Texas tech against Utah state. Give me Texas tech. Right there with you. 
Arkansas against Colgate. Arkansas is a pretty interesting team as well. SEC was a fun conference this year. Arkansas. Yeah, a lot of people also kind of going into that Colgate bandwagon. I'm not going to do it, though. I'm I'm going with you, Arkansas. Yeah, I'm going with Arkansas. Florida um, against Virginia Tech. Give me Florida. Yep. Ohio State against Oral Roberts is a 215 matchup. Ohio State. Yes, sir. All right, you ready to move on to the final side? And then we'll go to the round Gotta of three, do it. two. Yes, sir. Gonzaga against, what is it, Norfolk State or Appalachian State? Is that the two? Mm-hmm. Gonzaga. Yep. Oklahoma or Missouri? Give me Missouri. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. Um, again, all eight nines are. But, yeah, I'm going to take Missouri, too. I, I kind of just – I watched them a little bit in the SEC, and I, I like them a little bit more than what I saw from Oklahoma. Creighton against UCSB. Uh, ever since their coach got himself into some trouble, Creighton's looked terrible. Give me UCSB. Yeah, this is the other 12-5 a lot of people are jumping on. I am actually going to stick with Creighton. I don't think that they're going to go on much of a run, but I think they can win this game. I think they have enough. and Their their pride is a little hurt after getting their dicks kicked in by Georgetown. True. Virginia against Ohio. Give me Virginia. Yep. USC against either Wichita State, I think, slash Drake. USC. Yeah, I'm actually going to do this again. I can't believe I am, but I think Wichita State's going to win their game against Drake, and I think they're going to beat USC. Okay. Moving on to the next game, Will Smith's, one of his fraud, many fraud teams, Kansas Jayhawks <laughs> against Eastern Washington. Give me Kansas. Yeah, for sure. They've or- run into some COVID trouble, but... They, they should they should win this game. They should handle this one. Oregon against VCU. I really like Oregon. Yeah, they're the one Pac-12 team I actually always like. They just play a good brand of basketball. I kind of wanted to go VCU, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go Oregon. Iowa against GCU. I thought that was an online-only college, but apparently people actually go there. Uh, give me Iowa. <laughs> yep, same here. All right, let's move to the, te- to the round of 32. We are moving on, folks. Michigan, I have them playing the Bonnies. You have them playing LSU. I have Michigan winning this game. I do too. I know their best defenders out, but I still think there's enough firepower to beat LSU in this game. Florida State against Georgetown. I think we both had Georgetown winning that game. Uh, give me Florida State. Yeah, I think this is when the magic runs out for Georgetown. Florida State is a damn good team. BYU against Texas. You have Michigan State in that slot. I have Texas winning that game regardless. I do too. I like a lot about Texas. UConn, Alabama. This is a fucking toughie for you, dude. Tough game. Um, I'm assuming you're going to be rooting for UConn, and I thought of you when I made this pick. I'm taking the Huskies. I'm trusting your lottery pick again. You're... You're you're a good guy. I I will be rooting like crazy for them if they get past Maryland to win. And they do play really if they can slow you down, they're not a fun team to play and they're gonna get a lot of offensive boards and play great defense. But just from what I've seen from Alabama this year, I can't do it. I, I, I would be so pleasantly surprised to see UConn win, but I just I don't I don't see it. So I'm gonna take Alabama. 
This will be interesting because we are both in Mike Phillips' bracket challenge, so we are technically going up against each other. I shouldn't be giving you these. That's right. Um, Illinois against and vice versa. <laughs> Illinois against Loyola Chicago. Nice. My first big upset. I have Loyola Chicago. Yeah, I have Georgia Tech playing in this game, but that's not going to matter. Illinois is advancing. Okay. Tennessee against Oklahoma State. I have Oklahoma State moving on. I'm going to go Tennessee in this one. I, 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 think, I just think they're a little bit better when they're on than Oklahoma State is. This might be a game where Oklahoma State has to rely on Cunningham a little too much and the rest of the supporting cast isn't good enough. San Diego State against West Virginia. I have to say, I was not on top of college basketball this year, but I still did watch the games. A lot of late-night gambling on teams like San Diego State when I'm trying to make up money <laughs> from the rest of the day. And I really like this team. They're, they're hard-nosed. They, they play really well defensively, and I think they're going to beat West Virginia. Yeah, I don't know. I have not watched a second of them this year. I always like their pedigree, but I'm going to take Bob Huggins in the Mountaineers in this game. Final one, Rutgers at Houston. I think the uh, the train runs off the tracks here for Rutgers, and Houston gets the dub. Houston's so fucking good. They're going to win this game. Moving on to the Southern Conference round of 32, we have Baylor against Wisconsin. South region. Whatever. Um, Southern Conference. Whatever it is. Baylor against Wisconsin. I think we were both in lockstep there. I have Baylor moving on. I think they're one of the best teams in the country. Don't have to say any more right there with you. Villanova against Purdue. I think Jay Wright coaches his balls off and moves on to play Baylor in the next round. Purdue will beat Winthrop in this game. Okay. Texas Tech, Arkansas. Mac McClug is going to have 40. (laughs) You know what? They're they're a good team, but I don't think they're as good defensively as they've been in the past. So I'm going to take Arkansas. Okay. Final game, Florida-Ohio State. I'm just going to go with the better conference here this year, the Big Ten. I'm going to go Ohio State. Yeah, me too. All right, moving on to the Western Conference. Fuck you, Sean. Um, (laughs) I have Gonzaga-Missouri, and I'm taking the Zags. Yeah, same here. Next up, I have – you have Creighton against Virginia. I have UCSB against Virginia. I have Virginia moving on. Me too. Part of me wants to take Creighton, but I can't. I, I think Virginia, they're they're still such a good program. Kansas USC is who I have, um, and I am going to take Kansas. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Kansas for one more here. And then I have Oregon against Iowa. Yep, me too, and Iowa advances. All right, we're moving on to the Sweet 16. Uh, by the way, I've... Um, I have Iowa as well. Moving on to the Sweet 16 here. The bracket is starting to get thinner. Michigan at Florida State in the Eastern Conference. I have Florida State winning this game. Oh, my God. You're just going to continue to kill this thing. Um, Yeah, Michigan's going to continue to go, man. I mean, I know. You have Michigan, I, don't think I have Florida the... State. Oh, you have Florida State. Okay. Why do you have Florida State beating Michigan here? Because I think Florida State's full of athletes and guys that turn up in the tournament. They just lose in the Final Four. They don't lose in the Elite Eight. Yeah, the thing to me is I think Michigan might be able to get their player. 
Yeah, the Sweet 16. Well, they don't lose usually in the Elite Eight either. But I think Michigan's best player could, or their their best defender rather, could be back by this time. And even so, I still think there's enough firepower to get to. I don't think they would run into real trouble without him until the Elite Eight. Texas against Connecticut. I hate to tell you, Sean, this is where your luck runs out. I have Shaka Smart and Texas moving on to face Florida State. I have Alabama beating Texas. Just put this into context. UConn fan, Alabama football fan, now live 10 minutes from UT. Wow. Quite the the perspective there. But, yeah, I'm going to take Alabama to continue to go here. All right. Now we have – I have Loyola Chicago against Oklahoma State. I have Oklahoma State moving on. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even have Oklahoma State going that far. I, I think Tennessee's got to continue to go. There being Illinois for you? No. You know, the, here's the thing about Illinois. I, I think they're so really who's winning? good. We're not. We're not there. I'm. I'm going. I'm going Tennessee here, man. Tennessee's playing who? We're we're past the round of 32. We're in the Sweet 16, Shawnee boy. Where am I? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Shit. You would have Tennessee playing Illinois, my friend. Right. So and you I would have, have Illinois winning. Yeah. Yeah, they would have they would win Jesus Christ. Illinois wins. Moving on to the next one. San Diego State at Houston for me. You have West Virginia against Houston. I have Houston moving on. Yeah, I have Houston going here too. I can't believe I lost that last one. That was so Oof, bad. That was rough. Baylor against Villanova for me. I have Baylor moving on. Baylor's advancing. I have Texas Tech against Ohio State. I have Texas Tech moving on. Mac McClellan like drop 60 in this game. You fucking love this guy. I got to keep going Ohio State, though. All right. We have Gonzaga playing Virginia in the round of 16. Zags moving on best team in the country they're keep going will's gonna get his dick hard a little bit i have kansas moving on i think their covid their covid bout is over and they're gonna play gonzaga in the elite eight i'm going kansas too <laughs> oh damn that's i do i i like i like them a lot i'm just i'm Phil just Self glad you caught ready. back up on your bracket and you're not confused that anymore. was so bad that was so bad <laughs> All right, moving on. We're at the Elite Eight. All right, Sean? We're at the Elite Eight. Yeah, all right. We got it. We got it. I have Florida State against Texas, and I have Florida State moving on to the Final Four. Wow. Well, I mean, if you were committing to them that long, you have to. I think Alabama goes. Oklahoma – wow. I have Oklahoma State against Houston. Oklahoma State is moving on. Mm, not sure about that. I, I really don't think people paid enough attention to to Houston this year. I think they're going to continue to go. So you're going? They're going to beat Iowa, Illinois. I they're going to beat. I- they're going to beat Illinois. Sean, are you confused? Yes, they're gonna, again? yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. This is the reason I fucked up so bad. I have so many like cross offs. No, yeah, they're they're not going to beat. They're not going to beat Illinois. My this fault. Is, this is the first. This is really bad. 
This is the first year that I have not done a paper bracket trying to save the environment. I'm all online, so there's no cross-offs for me. All right, Gonzaga against – oh, sorry, no, we're going Southern Conference. Baylor <laughs> against Texas Tech, a Texas matchup here. I have Baylor moving on. Baylor's going, man. Gonzaga against Kansas in the Western um, – whatever they call it. Conference. Was- You've been calling it a conference the entire time. It's <laughs> – Whatever it's called, the region, Gonzaga moving on, Final Four. Yeah, yeah, they're the best team in the country, like I said. They're they're going to keep going. All right, so let's give our Final Fours as a quick recap before we move on. I have Gonzaga, Florida State, and Baylor, Oklahoma State. Who do you have? It's a weird year. I figured I might as well go some four seeds. Yeah, I like that. I have Baylor, Illinois, Alabama, and Gonzaga. You went a little more chalk than me. Three, I did. Three one seeds and one two seed. Um, all right. Gonzaga, Florida State. I have Gonzaga advancing to the national title game. Yeah, Zags are beating the tide for me. Oklahoma State against Baylor. A little battle of the uh, Southwest, I guess you would call it. I don't know. Um, I have Baylor Moving on to play Gonzaga in the national championship game. The two best teams in the country will finally play each other after getting canceled due to COVID. Tough game. Um, um, it's really hard. I think Baylor gets there. I just think their talent, their talent is too good for Illinois. All right. And in the national championship game, me and you are in lockstep, you and I. Gonzaga against Baylor. Sean, who do you have winning the national championship? First perfect season since 1976, Gonzaga. I am right there with you. I think Gonzaga has the most talent of any team, like three players that can score at any level. Their point guard is amazing. He might be the number one overall pick in the draft. I have the Zags winning and going undefeated. I have them winning 82-74. to 74. 78-65. All right. I think they pull away late. Gonzaga wins, even in a COVID-riddled year. The best team in the country wins the tournament. Anything else, Sean? What have you been up to? What have you been getting into? Anything good? It's warm down there again. Oh, my God, man. Great weekend. Was outside a lot down here. Um, there's currently a lawsuit. Uh, the state of Texas has sued Travis County because they do not want to adopt the no masks, hundred percent opening thing. So that's fun because only in Texas can that happen. Um, other than that, everything's great. Um, weather's awesome. And yeah, just, I mean, we're in such a great part of the sports calendar, like watching college basketball as much as I did this last week. It was, we so deserve it after fucking last year, man. Absolutely. Any shows? No show. It's too much sports. Oh, God. You Way pick too much up. sports right now. I hear you on that. Well, I think that about wraps about it up. You? Oh, sorry. I was going to do our wrap-up. No, yeah, nothing. No, 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 no. I need to hear about you. Every, the audience needs to hear about you. Nothing's been going on. Just working and watching sports. Dino Hype Co., I've got an episode following this one. Literally, I'm going to call Ryan right at my other ginger friend right after I get off the phone with you. We're going to talk about the drops for this up-and-coming week. Uh, I got a couple pairs of sneakers that are going up, um, a couple pairs of dunks, some hype stuff, so it's exciting. 
I love it, man. I think that's really awesome. Um, obviously, Ginger's are the best co-host, except for when they can't realize their own cross-offs in the Midwest region of the bracket. But, was hey, <laughs> we got through it. Oh, it was, not, it was not fun, and I feel bad for everybody that got through it. And if you're still listening, thanks. Thank you. All right, well, that, <laughs> that about wraps it up for the week. Everybody, enjoy this weekend. It only happens once a year, and we didn't even get it last year, so enjoy it. Yeah, everybody, enjoy it and stay safe. Tom, good talking to you, man. You too, bro.